Hey dreamers, welcome to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you've been led here, I believe it was on purpose. You are created and loved by God and your life is full of purpose. If you've been sitting in a season of searching or unfulfillment and you're ready to change your life and hear from God, this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Polly Payne, the CEO and founder of Horatio Printing, and I'm here to lead you in tactical, practical, faith-led trainings to help make your God-sized dreams a reality in your life and your business. Your dreams matter because you matter. So open up your planner, pour a cup of coffee, and let's dream together. Welcome back. I'm so excited for another amazing episode with Amy Brady. If you don't know Amy Brady, you are going to absolutely fall in love with her. We did an episode recently on the topic of Sabbath and taking a mini Sabbath. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that. It will bless you tremendously. Today, I'm so excited to bring her on to talk about the topic of soul ties and why this topic is so important to the health of your soul. And so Amy is my personal spiritual director. She lives in Florida. She and I have led um, a couple, a, a retreat together called the Canvas Retreat. And she is the author of our Christmas devotional, Away in a Manger. So Amy, I'm so thankful that you're here today. Oh, thanks for having me again, friend. Yay. So I want to dive right into this topic because I find it so fascinating. You and I were taking a long stroll down the beach in Florida many, many moons ago, and I started um, talking to you on the topic of soul ties because my heart needed this work so badly. And so if you're like, okay, what does that even mean? A soul tie, this is my understanding. It's basically a connection with somebody, whether through a relationship, um, typically through a relationship where a soul tie could be someone you've had a like sexual relationship with or someone Mm -hmm. like a family member or a friend that has spoken words over you. I feel like I have Mm -hmm. a very elementary understanding of this concept, Mm -hmm. but basically your souls connect and that can either be really positive or it can end up being very negative. So Tell the listeners what a soul tie really is, as I butchered it. No, I don't think you butchered it um, because I don't know that I um, have the best way of explaining it clinically either. But um, basically, what a soul tie is is it's a it's when our we have an attachment mm-hmm. to another person, um, and especially in sexual relationships, because the Bible tells us that when two people come together, they become one flesh. Mm-hmm. So we take, um, our body becomes attached to that person, um, in that way. And so if we have many partners throughout life, um, when we get to a place where we are committed to someone for life, and we still kind of have those ties within our soul and even our body to other people, Um, so a lot of times we think, oh, that was in the past. It's no big deal. We don't realize that when things, our body and our soul are not separated, we separate them. And the church over time has separated them, um, because they don't want one to negatively influence the other, but we were actually designed to be integrated whole beings, heart, soul, mind, and strength. So you cannot affect one area and not affect all the others. It can also be an attachment issue that you have with someone else 
who spoke uh, negativity or a curse even. Um, and that, I mean, let's don't put curses in like, we're not talking like witches' spells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, you're never going to be anything. Um, you're just a, a waste of breath, you know, things like that, that people have said or to you that is stuck with you. It's stuck in your soul, whether you realize it or not, you're returning to that and you are evaluating yourself based on something that was spoken over you. You're allowing Um, it to be a part of your identity almost. Exactly, exactly. And so that becomes, I have a soul tie in a negative way to that person. And then of course, with anything, the flip side are the positive soul ties um, that we develop with people who are healthy, but it's the negative ones that can really steer the ship. Yeah, that's so true. So how can a soul tie be plaguing someone? Let's say you're married and you know you have this covenant with your husband, but you still have these soul ties. Like how can that show up and like manifest in your life negatively? Mm. Um, well, um, the most obvious way that it can uh, manifest itself is um, visually in our head. <laughs> right. You know, um, we're still seeing that person in our mind. We find ourselves um, every once in a while thinking about them. Maybe we remember their birthday. Maybe we remember um, when we broke up or we went to a place, you know, like say um, you went on a trip to New York City or you met them there or whatever. And the next time you and your husband go to New York City, you're remembering, oh, this and oh, this. And And it's just there as like a lingering in your heart. Um, And you're constantly pulling yourself out of the past, back into the present, out of the past, back into the present. Yeah. Oh gosh, this is going to be helpful. Okay. So with these past relationships, like the concept of breaking a soul tie is so powerful because I have so many girlfriends and, you know, I'm there with them through breakups. I've had a lot of relationships and a lot of painful breakups, um, And at the end of the day, like my word for the year is wholeness. And I want to help people find that wholeness and health. So here's the question. How do you break soul ties of past unhealthy or like past sexual relationships? Like, Mm -hmm. I know I'm I'm practical Polly over here. Like, okay, step-by-step, what do I do? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, do I write it down in a journal? What do I pray? Who do I ask to help me with this? Do I have to share all of this with my husband? Like, uh, help me. What, what, mm-hmm. what does someone do in this situation? Sure. Well, um, it, there's nothing in the Bible per se that says soul tie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could probably throw it into um, the category with idols right. in a way. Yeah. Um, our mutual friend, Caroline Williams, she had something on one of her yoga videos, and I don't know if it's her own personal quote or she was quoting someone else, but it said, an idol is anything you have to check in with before saying yes to God. Um, and, and I love that because I would water that down for this purpose and say that um, a soul tie is anything that you're constantly checking in with mm-hmm. before saying yes to where you are presently in your life. Um, and so there's no formula to it. However, if the way that I would advise people through my spiritual direction practice or um, just a friend is um, is naming out loud uh, in a prayer session, naming out loud. And it might be good to have a friend that you or a spiritual director or someone uh, that um, is a mentor to you that you share these things with. 
so that they're praying with you. Cause we know there's power in prayer of uh, two or more that are gathered. And it's also a confession. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying out loud, this is the impact this person has had on my soul. Um, I believe I have a soul tie with this person. And then I'm just taking time with them to sit in that, to see if God wants to show me anything else to release. I'm verbally out loud releasing that. And I'm asking God to sever that soul tie with that person and to sever um, the words that have been spoken, the things that have been done. I'm asking him to come in and release me of that. So it's that whole, whatever I, you know, bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth is loose in heaven. And so I am unbinding myself, right, from this person. I am unyoking myself from this person and the impact that they've had in my life. So if that was a lover um, and I'm now um, in a committed relationship, I would say after every single breakup that you have, um, whether there was sex involved or not, although um, the sexual nature, it just increases the soul tie dramatically. um, I would take time to unburden yourself and unyoke yourself with that person. Um, If you broke up, there's a reason. So go through what that reason is, how it's affected your soul and un, and undo that in your life and release that. Um, even if it's, it's something I think that's just a good practice for our soul and our mind, it just clears everything out, um, which is why we have to be so careful how we align ourselves and who we align ourselves with. But I would just be like, you know, um, Father, um, I just want to ask you um, to um, come in and release me of the soul tie that I have with whoever, um, and the physical tie that they've had in my life, the, the place they have in my thoughts, in my feelings, in my body, I've released that to you. I ask that you cleanse me. I ask that you do a new work in my life and you help me to move forward into what you have for me and leave this behind. Um, so that's how I would do it verbally. You could journal it. You know, um, some people express themselves better that way. But it's basically a confession and then I'm asking to be released. And then I'm asking in Jesus name that that soul tie be um, cut. That's so good. I I would definitely recommend the journaling because for me, I feel like I have such a squirrel brain of Mm -hmm. getting lost in thoughts and stuff to where Mm -hmm. I need like the cleansing. I feel like journaling to me is like the windshield wipers to my brain it's like blink, mm-hmm. blink, blink. like I can finally like see clearly after I pour it out and we're all different yeah. but that's for me it, it helps me stay present in my thoughts yeah uh, the re- act of writing yeah and so I definitely think the journaling is powerful too and then praying that prayer out loud mm-hmm. yeah for sure because what you're in in my mind the way I see it is I am undoing a stronghold Mm-hmm. or a foothold that the enemy mm-hmm. has in my life. Yeah. So I am taking that out of his um, bag of tricks. Mm. So I am re- I am taking that power that he has in my life in that area back. And I'm putting that power into healing and I'm putting that power into my current relationships and I'm putting that power into the divine invitation that God's constantly calling me into. So I am taking back the power that I have given over to someone else who now, you know, it's almost like, you know, how people get your emails and sell it, or they get your information and sell it. That's kind of what's happened in these relationships, right? So that person may not even be on your radar or you may not be on theirs, but it's almost like that power got sold 
to the enemy because now he knows because of that tie that you had that he can come back and use that in your life in some way and at the most inopportune times or for him that was opportune time right that's so good so let's talk about the other kind of soul ties um i have a lot of friends who have had trauma with parents Mm -hmm. um i know me personally like being a little sister i worked through some, I wouldn't call it trauma, but definitely like soul ties of words spoken over me. Mm. I wouldn't say they were intentionally malice, but like words like you're disgusting, you know, or mm-hmm. you're so gross. And I probably was doing something gross, but those words, it wasn't until I was married that I was able to reckon with some past identity that I was holding mm-hmm. on to mm-hmm. that were spoken over me for my brothers. And that's kind of mm-hmm. a silly thing, but um, it, it wasn't until Luke said something about me smelling bad or I don't know something. And I was like, I was like sitting next to him. I, I don't know. I was probably just come back from a workout or something. And it was like, or my breath stunk or something. And he was like, you stink. And I like went in the shower and just cried. And then through our premarital counseling, thank God we did that. It, they were telling us like, focus on your triggers. What's your trigger? Mm -hmm. Why are you triggered? And Mm -hmm. I sat there and I was like, why am I so triggered? Like, he thinks I'm crazy. (laughs) Like, why did this make me ball my eyes out? And I was like, you know what? I've been carrying that identity of Mm -hmm. being gross since Mm -hmm. I was little. And it's not like I hate my brothers for saying that, like, you know, new things, but I needed to like, let that go. And like, say like those words spoken over me are not my identity of being, you know, whether it was ditzy or dumb or disgusting, gross, stupid, whatever it was that someone spoke over, you're a space cadet where, you know, come back Mm -hmm. to earth, you know, and like, (laughs) which that was totally me with my head in the clouds all the time. And so that identity work of like, I need to release from that. So I don't know, long story short, soul ties from words spoken over you through attachment. What do you say to somebody that might be currently dealing with that and and has like a parent that has spoken something over them and they're like, gosh, I kind of believe it. Maybe Mm -hmm. I am cursed in relationships. Maybe I am never going to amount to anything. Like how Mm -hmm. do you go about breaking those kinds of soul ties? Yeah. Well, I think, um, a great place to start with any of that is, um, of course your walk with Jesus, a spiritual director and, and often even therapy, because these things, depending on how long this has gone on in someone's life can have deep, deep roots. Like the earlier those things are spoken over you, the more they become part of your root system. And so it takes time to unpack all of that and the ways that that has affected you long-term. There's almost always shame involved in the words that are spoken over us that we've attached ourselves to Mm. Um, because we are ashamed that we weren't whatever, right? And, and, And sometimes it's not even, it's not just the words, it's the way it was spoken over us the disgust in the voice, the mm-hmm. facial expression that went along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of those things. Like recently I was sitting with some triggers and some experiences in my life. And I was like, 
what is it that just, you know, why does that feel so intense for me? And I realized that the look on the person's face was disgust. Hmm. And I felt like they were disgusted with me. Mm-hmm. And the things that I felt like they were disgusted with were things that are very much who I am. I'm sensitive, right? Or I'm expressive mm-hmm. or I'm vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? And those things for them, because it, it's just, we're all a bunch of triggers. It triggered something in them, right? When I'm sensitive, they're not. That triggers something in them. Why am I not more sensitive? Should I feel this way? So you think that it's about you. It is almost... In, especially in these situations, it's the other person, right? It's, it's that, um, I'm not saying that there aren't things that go to, but when you're a child, it has more to do with what the adult is dealing with in your life than what you are. You're a child. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just being a kid, mm-hmm. you know, you're just, or you're even a teenager, you're just doing the thing you do, you know, um, you're not, you don't have the developmental skills to analyze your behavior mm-hmm. at that time in your life, right? They do. So the responsibility falls on them to be con- to watch how they say things and whatever. But if they haven't grown up with that, then they're not going to be able to give that. So first of all, I would sit with somebody and say, these are the things that hurt. These are the things I keep hearing. Or like what I did is I sat down and I wrote down um, all of the, um, the things that I had remember people saying about me, you're too sensitive, you're, you're too dramatic. Um, oh, and the Academy Award goes to when I would just be expressing myself. <laughs> and I realized, yeah, it might have been too much, but to hear that over and over and over makes you feel like a fake. Mm-hmm. But you know, in your heart, you feel that way. So you, there's been confusion sets in. Um, so I wrote all those things down and then I wrote down what I felt they were saying about me. Mm. Okay, so and the Academy Award goes too. I feel like this is saying that what I'm expressing at that moment that I feel isn't real, that I'm elaborating or over-exaggerating. Therefore, I am inauthentic, which as a four on the Enneagram is like a core value for me. Well, yeah. then I, I feel like I've betrayed myself mm-hmm. and then I don't trust myself with my feelings. So there's just so much that goes into that. So I write down what it is I hear and sitting in some quiet with the Lord um, really helps with that. Or sitting with a friend even mm-hmm. um, that's good at asking questions, you know? So I say, this is what I hear. And then your friend's like, well, what, how does that make you feel? And what do you think that's saying about you? You can ask yourself that. You write that down. And then you look at it and you say, where have I allowed this to fashion my life? Mm. Oh, well, I don't express myself to my fullest because I'm afraid someone will reject me if I do. So I kind of always hold back a piece of myself because what if they can't handle me? Right. What if it's I'm too where, much? It's like where the mask starts to build. It's like, right. okay, it is, then we have our, our, who, our, who we are publicly and this wall, yes. our, our inner self, our true self and our outer self and I was just reading um, Hidden Wholeness from Parker Palmer. And he was saying mm-hmm. how- I love Parker Palmer. I know. He's the man. I think he's a four. Um, he said like, eventually your masked self, the outside self mm-hmm. will become so large that you mm-hmm. don't even know your inner self. 
Yeah. It's like you've, you've, the wall it's has so become good. so high that you are not. And then that's where all this emptiness comes from and yeah. the burnout because you can't pour from something you don't know. And yeah. it is creating these inauthentic uh, expressions, mm-hmm. which honestly, having the cognitive dissonance of what the words you speak and the life you live actually causes physical brain damage. Like it's, it's really painful for us to go through that. And so, yeah. Yeah. And in the contemplative space, that's called the false self and the Mm. true self. Mm. And so I begin to live out of this false self, this, um, this self that I create and erect as this is who I'm most accepted as. So this Mm. is who I'm going to be. Right right? Because this is where I get my love. I get my approval. I, I don't get rejection here. Yeah. And I get so validation. I validation get validation. Equals value. Exactly. Yeah. And so I live out of this false self, but I feel the disconnect in my body. I feel it through stress. I feel it through anxiety. I feel it through feeling unfulfilled, bored, miserable, all of those things, depression, although some depression, yes, is clinical, um, which means it's more of a brain chemistry, but I can work myself into other depressions because I just don't know why I feel so hopeless, why I feel so disconnected in life um, and from people. And it's because, you know, it's like going to college to be a lawyer when all you ever wanted to do was, you know, be a kindergarten teacher. You know, you love children, you love that, you love the whole thing of, you know, opening up the world to them, but that wasn't as acceptable because you were always a perfect student, a great A student, right? All these things. So you've got to be something big, right? And you go and live that life. And that's why sometimes people in their thirties, it's like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? And do I want to do this for the next half of my life? No, I don't. And so um, that's because we're living out of that false self. And so, um, and I shared with you uh, the place we find ourselves. Um, which I think you're going to put in the, um, on the page here is, has a beautiful series that walks you through this, you know, recognizing the, um, the accusations or the things that people have said, um, the soul ties, uh, the agreements, it's, it's beautiful. It's just so well thought out. Um, and I can't encourage people enough to take the time. Stop saying you don't have time. We do have time. We do have time for the things that are important to us. My mentor always said the simplest phrase to me, and it becomes more profound as I live my life. It says, she says, Amy, people do what they want to do. And if you sit with that when someone's always telling you, no, they can't do this or that, or you sit with that when you're always telling yourself you don't have time, you'll realize we do what we want to do. If we want to break free of soul ties, if we want to break free of these agreements and curses that have literally created the trajectory of our lives at times, or at least of our souls, then we have got to make a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the spiritual life that I have now um, has been something that's been happening over the last 26 years of my life but it came with a choice where I realized I had been away from the Lord for over a decade and that doing life in my own strength, disconnected from God, even though I was raised to be connected with God, I was disconnected from him because I didn't feel like he was doing anything for me, quite frankly. And I was having a lot of fun, or at least I thought, came at a really high cost. 
Um, and then I realized this isn't working like I thought it was. And I came back one more time. I'm going to give this God thing, the whole Jesus thing, Bible thing, a chance. Yeah. And I, like you, I would wake up and go, has this always been in the Bible? I've (laughs) never heard this in my life. Somebody put this in here last night, you know, but truly I realized, oh my gosh, you know, this, this is who I want to become. It's about becoming. And it's like the best poly question ever that really helped me about two years ago, started shifting my focus was not what I want to do with my life. Who do I want to become? Hmm. And I think that this situation with soul ties and agreements is a great place to enter in with that question. Who do I want to become? Because as a co-creator with Christ, I've been given an invitation to create with him. And if I want to create a dynamic, um, thriving relationship with him, from which everything else in my life comes. Not I have my life and then I have him, but it is the one, it is the source, the well, the fountain from which everything flows in my life, guarding my heart above all things like we're told to do in scripture, then I have to make a choice. And this is a great place to start making better choices in our life. That's so good. It's where we can stop being a victim and be a victor. We can step Mm -hmm. in and say, okay, where are these soul ties that have plagued who I thought I was in my identity um, to live in a victim state and to break these addictions and break these false narratives I have of my identity that hold me back from pursuing my purpose because I want to say, okay, well, I'm not qualified or I'm not Mm -hmm. able to do that because people have told me my whole life X, Y, Z. And so that's what I want for you guys. I want you to win. I want you to have godly success. I want you to have healthy relationships. And so it's time to do the soul work and to break the soul ties. And Amy mentioned there's an amazing podcast that we want to um, encourage you guys to go listen to. It's a six part series that helps you write down and evaluate soul ties and different agreements you've made with people you have attachments to. Um, and just walks you through the steps to really have clarity and structure around this because you need some accountability on the journey as you go through this. And Amy has been um, my accountability partner, which has been absolutely delightful. And if you want to connect with Amy, we have all of her information in the show notes. We've got her Instagram. You can join her email list. You can also take her amazing new course that just came out called Sacred Dust, which connects um, the mind, soul, body connection and really embodying your faith. And what does that look like? How do you walk that out and grow in a deeper relationship with God? So check that out. Stay connected with Amy. She's amazing. Um, And Amy, I would love it if you could close us out in prayer. Absolutely. Sweet Father, we just love the way you pursue our hearts, Lord, that you will not let go until we are free. We know that your word says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so we should not let ourselves be given over again to a yoke of slavery. And so Lord, help us to work with you, um, Lord, to unloose and unbind and unyoke the slavery in our life to soul ties and to agreements that we've made with um, hurtful words. Help us to remember that only you get to tell us who we are. Only you know the truth of who we are. And Father God, um, we ask that you reveal that to us and help us to long for your freedom 
in this area of our life, or in our life, in these deep little recessed pockets of our soul that we very often don't visit, Lord. Help us to bring them to you, the darkness, so that you can bring your light and your healing into those places. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Dream Planning Podcast. I'm so glad you were here today. And if you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a quick 30-second review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I read every single one, and it is such a blessing to get to hear how this has landed on your heart. You can also share it on social media, share it with a friend. And I want to make sure that you know you are invited to dream again and take the Dream Crafting course. We just launched this course in Horatio Printing Academy. You can find more at www.thedreamerinyou.com. Have a wonderful day. You are so loved, and I truly believe the best is yet to come.